0: 7. Junk all the non-X brain cell activity going on between 0.0000002 and 0.0000006. Call it noise. Now, amalgamate your cherry pick voxel with other voxels, themselves boxes of cherry pick data, and there you have your fMRI picture showing which region of the brain spontaneously lights up when we are thinking about love or loss or buying a house. There you have the murky world of the Technicolor voxel. Ed Valletel called this strategy non-independent analysis. To illustrate how this strategy inflates correlations, they used it to show how daily share values on the New York Stock Exchange could be accurately predicted by the recorded fluctuations in temperature at a weather station on Adak Island in Alaska. Here's how it works. Non-independent analysis simply skims the strongest correlations between each of the 3,315 stocks being offered on Wall Street and finds a handful whose value appears to strongly correlate with the previous day's temperature drops on the windswept Alaskan tundra. For fifty dollars, We will provide the list of stocks to any interested reader, wrote Edval. That way you can buy the stock every morning when the weather station posts a drop in temperature, and sell when the temperature goes up. Not long after came the banking crash. It turned out that Wall Street had been using some non-independent analysis of its own in the same way that fMRI false positives are boxed up into cuboid voxels, Wall Street was boxing bad debt into mortgage bonds and collateralized debt obligations, or CDOs, better known as the wobbly stack of Jenga blocks Ryan Gosling eloquently demolishes in The Big Short. And yet Ponzi voxels were to rescue Ponzi bonds. Newsrooms used brain imaging data to explain the banking crash. Neuroscience helped shift the blame from banks to brains and from rich to poor. It turned out that the system of short-term greed that caused the banking crash was the limbic system. Neuroeconomists popped up on the nightly news to explain that subprime mortgages were entered into by people who let their limbic system's urge for instant gratification triumph over the prudence of their prefrontal lobes. Those who lack the mental strength to resist the limbic system's short-term greed, it turned out, would always make bad property investments. Grotesquely, Ponzi voxels rescued Ponzi bonds by shifting the blame onto the feckless poor. A huge jar of sweets in a sweet-shop window. To want to understand human behaviour is a human need, but frustratingly the answers are always complex and incomplete. There is no royal road to the truth, just a multiplicity of weakly acting causal pathways. And so when we are shown a new technology that appears to answer our deepest questions, it is only human for us to want to fill our boots.' EEG and fMRI are what we have been looking for all along, shiny machines that produce simple answers to complex questions. Better yet, these answers come in the form of vivid arrangements of 3D voxels, like a huge jar of sweets in a sweet shop window. In the rush for a quick-fix answer to a complex problem, did any neuroeconomist or Newsnight presenter ever think to blame their own limbic system for overpowering their prefrontal cortex? Why wasn't the way they themselves snatched at simplistic answers symptomatic of short-term neural reward circuitry? One of several experiments to which neuroeconomists alluded in the wake of the banking crash was an investigation into neural reward circuitry which measured blood oxygen levels in different brain areas when people were offered $5 now and when they were offered $40 six weeks from now. The instant $5 cash offer represents the subprime mortgage. But this is the economics of the Wendy house. Only a behavioral economist says.